0: Chuckin' It From The Cheap Seats is the newest podcast covering Indiana high school basketball. Head coach Josh Thompson interviews some of the most impactful people who make Hoosier Hysteria great. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe to Chuckin' It From The Cheap Seats wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: Chucking It From The Cheap Seats is brought to you by ShootAway. Offering products like 12K Series guns proven by time and again. By the nation's top school and college coaches slash programs. For special pricing discounts, contact Bruce Helt at 317-767-5543 or go to shootaway.com.
0: For over 32 years, D1 Basketball has offered elite basketball camps and top-tier player development programs. Team camps, individual skills camps, shooting camps, we improve performance, period. Few Indiana basketball camps impact performance like D1 Basketball. Since 1989, annual enrollment in D1 Basketball has grown from 80 to 3,500 players, making it one of the largest independent basketball organizations in the Midwest. The mission of D1 Basketball is to help coaches and players maximize their performance. D1 Basketball Facts D1 Basketball Camps are exclusively endorsed by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. D1 Team Camps has hosted more sectional championship teams, Final Four teams, and Indiana All-Stars than any other camp, shootout, or summer tournament. D1 Team Camps provide the best chance for a school's coach to work with all their teams against top-flight competition from throughout the Midwest. Shucking it from the cheap seats is also brought to you by BSN Sports and Jeff Neal, their sales rep. Shop BSN Sports for a large selection of sports apparel and footwear, custom and stock Nike team uniforms, and sports equipment for your next winning season. Contact Jeff Neal at 812-204-3808 or visit bsnsports.com.
2: Welcome to this week's edition of Checking It From The Cheap Seats with me, Coach Josh Thompson. And this week's guest, David Burkett, head man of the South Knox Spartans. We appreciate David being on with us. David has been an assistant coach at the collegiate level, had a lot of success there. Um, He was an assistant for Ron McBride uh, when I was on Ron's staff, so we coached together at Bloomfield. And then now David... Uh, has been at South Knox for the last couple years as an assistant for Mark Rohr, now the head coach at Gibson Southern. And over the last couple years, David has assumed the helm as the head coach at South Knox. He's going to talk to us today about the Spartans. He's going to talk to us about uh, running his own business at a very high level and how he balances all of that. Uh, Thanks for joining us today on Checking It From The Cheap Seats. We hope you enjoy it. All right, this week on Checking It From The Cheap Seats, the podcast, uh, brought to you by the Bari media class. We have the head coach of the South Knox Spartans on with us, a good friend of mine, a friend of a long time head coach, David Burkett, David, how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm good, Josh. How are you this morning?
2: I'm doing well. And the thing is, is anytime you get to talk to me, you're doing well.
1: I mean, yeah, I, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> that is a hundred percent correct. I mean, I
2: brighten everybody's day, but especially uh, yours especially yours
1: I mean I, I agree totally I mean agree totally we've I mean we've we've had this opportunity that's why I've had so many bright days in my life we've done this for a lot of years
2: <laughs> absolutely well hey David for our listeners maybe in the northern part of the state um, different pockets um, that aren't real familiar with you and and your story and how you got to where you're at today um, tell our listeners a little bit about David Birkin and how you got to this point in your coaching career
1: uh, I was very fortunate. Um, you know, I, as you know, um, you and I were um, assistant for Coach McBride at Bluefield High School, um, who I, you know, I owe a ton of my career to. Um, taught me and you and, and so many others, you know, how to scout and how to game plan. And and, and in my eyes, you know, he, he is the best um, at how to game plan foreign opponent, how to break down film, Um, you know, and then after, you know, I left Bloomfield, um, I was fortunate enough to take a job at St. Joseph's College and began uh, coaching Division II basketball. Um, I was with Link Darner Mm -hmm. at St. Joseph's College in, in Northern Indiana for three years um, we won, uh, the GLVC or the Great Lakes Valley title there, both the, the regular season and the conference championship and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and, and in late final season there at St. Joe, <clears throat> at St. Joe, excuse me. Uh, we went 31 and three, um, you know, which is, 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 the best record in school history there at, at St. Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately that place is, is, is closed down now. Um, uh, love that place. Um. But uh, after that, I went on to Drury University in Springfield, Missouri. I was there for a year. Um, Won the the school's first conference championship at at Drury University. Um, You know, love those guys. It's probably one of the best group of individuals I've ever been around. Those guys were amazing. Um, And then uh, got the call from Link um to come to Florida Southern where he where he had left St. Joe and took a job down there and I, I was at Florida Southern uh, you know for a period of time as well um uh, won the conference championship every every year down there um was in the NCAA tournament every single year down there and then uh last stop before uh, I came back home I was in Tulane for a year uh with Ed Conroy um, got to know Ed real well. Uh, the guy who got me in down there was a guy by the name of Jeff Strome. Um, Jeff was a good friend of mine, uh, from, uh, the days at Utah, um, when I used to, to go out to Utah and, and you know, see coach Majeris and, and try to learn from him. Um, but, uh, coach Majeris lived in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. So, um, Since he couldn't, there was no place for him to put me up. He uh, he always put me up at Jeff's house, and I'd stay with Jeff and his wife. Jeff and I became great great friends. Um, Got me on a two-lane there. Um, Then came back home, and um, when I came back home, uh, uh, you asked me to uh, help with an AAU team the the first year I was back home, and I did that. Um, Got to know a guy by the name of Mark Roar. Uh, down at South Knox Mm -hmm. and uh, Mark asked me if I would, if I'd be a part of his staff. And uh, you know, of course Kelly wasn't thrilled about that because she thought, you know, maybe we might have some time to ourselves, but that didn't last long. (laughs) And and, and, uh, took the job and uh, you know, been at South Knox ever since.
2: Yeah. You know, you mentioned a lot of different names through there and, and the one that sticks out to me is Kelly because you guys have been married now how long?
1: Uh, twenty from now. Haha, uh, it seems like twenty five years, but <laughs> no, we've been married eight eight years now.
2: Yeah, yeah, she's a good one. She's a, she's definitely bought into to uh, being a part of what you do, and and you and I both know that's tremendously important.
1: Yeah, it, it is, um, because I mean they they get the raw into the deal. I mean, uh, I you know people don't understand the amount of time. And, you know, I blame that on Coach McBride because, <laughs> you know, when, when we were assistants for Coach McBride, I mean, you, you never went home. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my assistants have it easy compared to what you and I did and mm-hmm. the fact of we had a double weekend. Uh, there, If we left before 2.30 in the morning, it was a good night. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. now, you know, now, Michael, he left, it, uh, you know, it, amazingly, <laughs> something came up with Michael. He He was gone by – you know, he's gone by midnight, but uh, you know, you and I were there so, you know, all hours in the morning with coach. And, um, you know, now just, my favorite
2: my favorite Steve Weichel story, I don't this is this is all about you, but I wanna drop a Steve Weichel story. My favorite Steve Weichel story, and I won't explain exactly what happened on the film, but was me waking him up one time at about two thirty in the morning watching a West Vigo <laughs> film. And what, what had happened on the film, I was dying laughing, and he was over there sleeping on the couch. And, and just just that memory of me and him being there in and, and that moment and him waking up and then dying laughing at the film too. But, yeah, there were definitely a lot of late nights there, you know, working for Coach McBride's staff. We're going to talk more about him in a little bit. But one of the things that, that obviously knowing you, um, and, and you brought this name up early, you did a lot of going around and working college camps and trying to make connections that way because originally your intentions were to try to make it as a college coach and you spent a lot of time out there at Utah at Rick Majeris's camp so just talk a little bit about working coach Majeris' camps and some of the other things that you did to quote unquote pay your dues in in that part of the business.
1: So, um I mean when I when I um uh, knew my playing career was over. Um, I sent out a bunch of letters. I sent one to coach Majeris and I sent one to Roy Williams, Dean Smith, mm-hmm. you know, back, at, back in these times, because Roy was yeah. still at Kansas, yeah. um, you know, and, and, you know, just sent a bunch of letters out to people. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got, um, you know, one back from John Wooden
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I got one back from Rick Majeris and, yeah the letter from Coach Majerus said, if you're that interested in becoming a good coach, I'm, I'm that interested to meet you. And I was Coach McBride's assistant cross-country coach at the time as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were in the sectional, um, and Coach Majerus wanted me to come out like that first week uh, because they had multiple practices. Uh-huh. Um, because they were practice twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday, stuff like that yeah um so luckily uh and unfortunately for the kids we didn't we didn't advance out of the sectional and i was able to, to get a flight book to, to go to go to utah um like i said mm-hmm. coach majerus he was uh he was one of a kind yeah. um huge attention to detail and i mean huge attention to detail um but just a different guy like i said lived in a hotel Mm-hmm. uh was never married his entire coaching career um was basketball 24 uh-huh. 7 i mean 24 7 yeah um and i would never been to utah nothing um mm-hmm. so i mean i get off plane, salt lake city um you know he's got guys there to pick me up a uh, guy that's that's become a, you know a, a decent college assistant and now head coach himself and scott garson was his manager um you know, so I got to know Scott real well. And then, like I said, I stayed at Jeff's house. Mm-hmm. So I get up every morning, go, go in the office with Jeff. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Coach Majeris was a huge film guy. Yeah. So he told me the first day, like, all right, my whole vault of films here is at your disposal. And he would have clips of John Stockton on change of speeds. And he would have clips on, you know, whatever NBA offense he was, he was looking at that day, I mean, he unbelievable amount of film i mean just unbelievable and not just um, and
2: not just his guys but nba different oh, things just, that were going on with the game trying to learn from hardly from ever coaches. his guys yeah
1: yeah hardly ever his guys because what he would do in practice is like um you know he'd stop practice and get on a guy and he'd be like you know he'd yell at scott you know go get the film of john stockton of uh, this game this game and this game and i want him to go watch right now he'd kick him out of practice right now and he'd have to go watch those films of Stockton on how he changed speeds and, and how he wanted things done and, and he was a huge huge strickler for detail mm-hmm. um you know probably even more than Coach McBride was as far as controlling on um, what he wanted his guys to do but I mean he did an unbelievable job took Utah to the final four um you know with Andre Miller and, and Keith Van Horn and and you know it, it was a great guy to be around. I went out there for three or four straight years. Um, got to know everybody on their staff. Uh, Hello. For assistance here in Indiana for Mike Davis. Um, you know, and you know, um, that, that was a great experience for me. And then, um, you know, Tom Izzo at, at Michigan state, um, uh, you know, I've worked a ton of his camps, um, uh, I got a letter from them when I was at St. Joe, uh, you know, asking me to come work camp. And you want to talk about one of the most down-to-earth coaches you will ever meet in your entire life? Um, has everybody over to his house? Um, you know, talks to you like you're his best friend. Um, I mean, I took Kelly up there with me two years ago to watch practice, uh, and he talked to, he talked to Kelly like he'd known her for ten years. Yeah. And Kelly's like. It's the first time I ever met the guy. And I'm like, I told you, that's just the way Coach Izzo is. Like, he is such a down to earth fellow. Um, but you learn, you know, you pick up every, you know, as you know, you pick up different things from coaches that you like. You know, mm. Coach Izzo's a physicality guy, you know, all about, you know, the toughness and, and working hard and, you know, outworking his, uh, you know, his opponent. Um, so, you know, it, it's been a great experience for me. I still keep in contact with all those guys. Um, you know, and I still try to get up, get up to that stuff as much as possible.
2: You know, Coach, you, you talk about all that, you know, paying your dues and different things like that, and obviously, you've got a degree in education, um, and you know, you're also one of these guys that has been really successful in business, and then you're also able to bounce that or balance that, excuse me, uh, with coaching high school basketball, and I think that's really difficult to do just kind of explain to us what you do in your day job. And then you have a little bit of a drive each day back and forth to South Knox. So kind of explain how you balance that, um, that piece of things and, and, and keep it all going. Um,
1: so I'm the owner of integrity defense services. It's a government contracting company, uh, that supports NSWC crane and, uh, the surrounding area. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and, you don't, and by the
2: way, don't minimize that because everybody knows you're making the big bucks.
1: <laughs> I wish. Uh, uh, I won't get into political views right now. Uh, I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep those myself. You better
2: uh, not or you're going to start losing some contracts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but, you know, as you know, it, it's just like, you know, I tell people when I hire them. I, I run integrity just like I coach my basketball team. Um, you know, and, and you know, I'm demanding there, but I have a, an unbelievable staff, and and you guys, you know, um, like like at Bar even, you know, like hopefully we, Coach Brad thought of us at Bloomfield. I mean, you got to have great people around you uh, to make the program great. Mm. Um, and if I didn't have, you know, the staff that's around me, you know, Chris Nair's been with me, you know, my entire career. He's my seat, you know chief operating officer and then you know Dave Van Dievener he's been with me my entire career as well. Um, you know, he's my VP of uh, mechanical division. But uh, you know, without those guys around me every single day and the employees that, that make me look good, um, I would not be able to to coach basketball and, and run the company at the same time. But because I have such a great staff and and such a great working force around me. I mean, you know, they allow me to do this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so how far is your drive each day from your, your office and your operations to get down to practice?
1: 40 minutes.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, whenever I coach basketball at Wood Memorial, I had about a 50-minute drive, and that was a, an easy drive, I felt, because once I would drive from my house to Lig- in Ligoti, uh, over here between Montgomery and Washington and get on I-69, about 35 minutes of that drive was interstate. So, you yeah. know, it, it was an easy drive. And I I really liked that. The part I didn't like was I'd get done with practice and we'd be on the central time zone down mm-hmm. there at Wood Memorial and driving back and getting home, walking in the door at eight thirty, nine o'clock from just a practice day. Um, that oh, was yeah. the part I didn't like. But the part I did like was that gave me a lot of time to be on the phone, uh, with coaches like yourself um and and other coaches and pick their brain about teams that we were gonna play uh gave me time to talk to mom and dad on the way home without taking time away from the family once I walked back in the door, so there were some good things about that drive um and I'm sure you put that time to good use
1: yeah i mean i'm always I'm always on the phone mm-hmm. um you know whether it's business related or or basketball related I'm on the phone, yep you know my wife my wife doesn't fit uh, you know she says nothing changed has changed when you know when i coach college because uh, yeah. you know you're on the phone recruiting there uh, you know and, and trying to make relationships in that aspect but mm-hmm. um you know you know we we've, we've had a you know unfortunate situation you know here at south knox you know with a with a guy uh who who helped Mark and I win our first sectional championship, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and Sam Bowden passing away. And, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough right now that, you know, his wife, um, you know, trust me with, you know, you know, helping out with funeral arrangements and trying to raise money and different stuff like that. So we're highly involved in in that aspect of things right now, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and that's something that's been taking a lot of my time off right now is, is trying to, you know, make sure that, that they're, you know, that she's going to be taken care of because she was, you know, people don't know this. she was our manager for two
2: yeah, years as yeah, well. Yeah. She was your you basketball know. manager. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Lex Lex was our manager for two years. So, yeah. um, you know, we look at her just a part of the family is what Sam was, oh. um, you know, and, and it's what I tell people all the time. You know, I, it, it's unfortunate about Sam and I'm, you know, I, I'm going to miss Sam and, you know, miss him being around the program and things like that. But, you know, as, as a husband right now, you know, if I would pass away, you know, the, my biggest concern would be who's ta- you know who's going to take care of Kelly, yeah. you know, and, and who's going to take care of my family. And so, you know, hopefully Sam's looking down on us right now and seeing that, you know, we're doing everything we can to try to take care of his family. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, you know, that's a great point, Coach. And one of the things that, obviously, from coaching at Wood Memorial, whenever, you know, Mark was the head coach there, you were his assistant, and then mm-hmm. I went to Vince's end, same situation, and then, now uh, here at Bar Even, you're the head coach. Mark has since moved on to Southridge, and now Gibson Southern doing a fantastic job. And, and I think uh, he, he's a gem that Gibson Southern got, and I think he's going to get that program going in the right direction very quickly. But one of the things that I noticed that you guys did a great job of, and this is no discredit to anybody that was there before in any capacity, but is kind of the family. Um, aspect of South Knox basketball very similar to bar Eve and you talk about this unfortunate situation with Sam downing, uh, who I thought was a tremendous young man, a really good player for you guys, but an even better person and um y- you know it just seems like it has become a family culture there at South knox and it's not something that you just flip the switch and and you do but when when guys play there now they're they're a part of something that's that's bigger than themselves and I know that's something that you and Mark did a really good job of.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that that is back to, you know, where we come from mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the Coach Knight days at Indiana. I mean, you know, Coach Knight was huge on loyalty, um, you know, taking care of his guys and, and, and things like that. And, that. and, you know, that's something we've always done at Bloomfield. Yep. Um, you know, is You know, former guys would always come back in the gym. I mean mm-hmm. – you know, Jim Gilmore shot, shot on side goals for 25 years, you know. Hey, I can still
2: see, I can still see Jim Gilmore shooting on the side and doing those stretches at, at, you know, 55, 60 years old over there on the side.
1: (laughs) With the same sweatsuit on, you Mm -hmm. know, every, you know, every, every single day in the the
2: (laughs) same hat, you
1: know, um, same veteran's hat, you know, um, but you know, it's, It's that type of thing that I think is extremely important because these guys need to understand, Mm -hmm. you know, who laid the groundwork before them to make the program what it is today. And then also, you know, they need to, you know, have, you know, what, you know, skin in the game or value Mm -hmm. to carry on the tradition. Um, You know, and I I think that, you know, as you know, success is all part of that, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. Keith you know, Keith Doge is is wonderful. Um, you know, does all of our radio and Absolutely. You know, he's one of the best in that, the business. Yeah. Yeah, because he cares. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, to, you know, as he's told us, you know, this is the longest, you know, winning stretch in South Knox basketball history. You know, mm-hmm. so the eight years that I've been at South Knox now, uh we've never had a losing season. Um, you know, and that's the longest stretch in South Knox history. Which mm-hmm. is which is all good, great and grand, but you know, you know, winning takes care of a lot of that. And, yeah. and so now it's, you know, it's, it's fun to be a part of the program. It's fun to be, you know, you know, part of a winning success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, you know, we've had good athletes as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've had teams that have overachieved, um, a hundred percent. Um, in mm-hmm. the fact of, you know, that like we're talking about the team that Sam and Gannon, you know, uh, won a sectional, um, you know, they beat a the number one team in the state in Bar even championship game, mm-hmm. you know, and we were, we were probably the third favorite in that sectional behind Linton, Linton and Bar yeah. Um, you know. Um, so, it's, um you know, it, it's the one thing I will say about South Knox kids is I have never had a problem um, with getting kids to do what I asked them to do mm-hmm. and the fact of I think they have totally bought in that, Hey, this guy might be a little bit crazy. This guy this guy might be a little bit demanding, but he is going to do everything that he can to try to put us in a position to win.
2: Coach, I think you do a tremendous job of, of that. I think you do a tremendous job with your skill development stuff and making kids better players. But also part of that, that buy in is you've had some guys go to play at the next level, both, you know, guys that played for you and played for Mark. And just touch on those guys a little bit and uh, some of those guys that are still playing.
1: Well, I mean, you know, you know, Gage Gage Bob is 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 one that's at the University of Evansville. Um, you know, he took a walk on position there, um, and you know, it's like you and I talked about earlier. It's all about the relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I could not have gotten Gage to the University of Evansville without Matthew Graves. Yeah. Um, you know, Matthew's a guy you and I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we grew up watching uh, yeah. on unbelievable WRV team that mm-hmm. you know had a chance to win a state championship when it was one class
3: yeah
1: uh went on to have a great career at Butler um and then now he's the uh, associate head coach at Indiana State University
3: mm-hmm.
1: um so but you know Matthew um you know I made some phone calls there um you know Gage is a really good player on our um you know he won a sectional championship his junior year um you know, when we beat Eastern in the championship game that year, um, uh, to win, you know, back to back sectionals. Uh, and then, you know, he went on to the university of Evansville and, and, and you, know, you know, it's like we're talking about with coaching, you know, Gabe is paying his dues there right now. Yeah. Um, that's why he's getting playing time mm-hmm. because, you know, it's, it's like I tell every guy that plays for me that has an aspiration to play college basketball, your freshman year is going to suck. Mm -hmm. bar none it's going to be terrible
2: doesn't matter what level you're at
1: nah because we don't have you know we don't have the you know the five-star guys that are going to start from day one and Mm -hmm. even those guys are going to have their bumps and bruises yeah but and you know when you have to start at the bottom and work your way back up to the top Mm -hmm. you know it takes it takes a mindset um Mm -hmm. and you know gauges battle through that we've had discussions um you know, just this summer, you know, we had discussions on, you know, whether he was going to stay or whether he was going to go. And I, you know, you just tell, you just give them facts, you know, and say, if you do this, this is what could happen. Yeah. If you do this, you know, this is also what could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, if you're any, if you care about your kids any at all, you look at, look at your basketball players as your own kid, you know, Kelly and I don't have any kids. So, Mm-hmm. That's what I tell everybody all the time. I got 18 new ones every year. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, I try to look at, you know, I try to look at them like my family. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to give Gage and Justin advice on, you know, just what it takes to get to that level
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the, the hardships that you're going to face if you want to reach your goal. Yeah. Um,
2: well, like and, you talk and, about with the hardships, playing at that next level, uh, Matt Moore, a good friend of mine, head coach at, at Warsaw, you know, he was at the college level, kind of like you, where you kind of reversed it, where you went college coaching and then now you're, you're a high school coach. And one of, the th- one of the things that he said he disliked about coaching at the college level was yeah, you could build relationships with your players, but as soon as you landed a recruit, you were actually recruiting a guy that was hopefully better than that guy at that spot, so you improved that way. And and he said, you know, if you're a college player, you're constantly battling that. You're never comfortable in a position as a college player.
1: He's right. I mean, you're always. I mean, you're always looking over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, college goes day on that aspect of, you know, that competition makes you better.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, but they're also, as as you know, there has to be a trust factor between you and the head coach. Yeah. I mean, if I – that's why I tell everybody. I mean, they've got more at their fingertips nowadays than what you and I ever dreamed of. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way we played basketball, you know, from my Uncle Jeff back back when you and I were growing up was Uncle Jeff said, do this, and you didn't back talk and you did it, no matter whether you wanted to or not.
2: Amen to Um, that, yeah.
1: I mean – you didn't even think about second guessing that person. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did, and that's that's the way it was done. And there's no questions asked. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, you know, you and I might get asked twelve questions in practice, and mm-hmm. you're like, "What are you talking? Like, just do what I tell you." <laughs>
3: um.
1: But, you know, once you get that trust factor established, mm-hmm. I mean, then then they'll run through a brick wall for you. Yes. Um. But. You know that's the thing uh, that I've always felt is, you know, you can you can lack in the X's and O's categories, mm-hmm. but if you lack in the relationships categories, then you, you're never going to make you're never going to make it as a head coach.
2: You're going to struggle. Yeah. You know, David, one of the things that that you and I feel like we were I don't want to say learned it was almost that that we were taught to embrace this was playing a difficult schedule to prepare you for March. And, you know, there's no secret that if the South Knox Spartans, who I think are going to be really good, I think, you know, I, I don't want to say you're going to be sneaky good this year because you're not sneaking up on me how good you're going to be. Um, and, we'll be and, lucky to win two games. And I was getting ready to say, don't tell everybody you're going to win three games this year. Um, but one of the things that, that we learned coaching with Coach McBride and, and being in that, that Bloomfield system was that you beef your schedule up to get yourself ready for March. And, and obviously, you know, you, you've got a, a tough task to handle there with Linton. Um, I think they're very good. Um, but just talk about what you've done with the schedule uh, since you've become the head coach at South Knox to prepare your guys for March.
1: <coughs> well, I mean, that that's exactly right. I mean that's, I mean, that's where we learned it from. But, you know, another thing, Josh, I mean, the one thing that you and i knew growing up and this is what drives me crazy um that we grew up in a one class system for the most part mm-hmm. all right so for us you had to be carolina north tarot south you know bedford north lawrence these schools to advance mm-hmm. um now you know it it if South Knox would beat bar uh, it, it would you know it, it's a huge deal. You know if South Knox beat Vincent's Lincoln,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
1: um, it, it's a huge deal. Yeah. You know I'm trying to get it to where these kids, you know, work like you've got with the Eve program. You expect to win every single night out. Yeah. Um, so you've got to play the programs, you know, like the Evansville Wrights, like the Evansville Bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we played Bedford. Um, you know. We try to we try to play as many you know big schools as we possibly can and fit on our schedule mm-hmm. um, to make these guys better because they need to see the the athleticism they need to see the um, you know the versatility that some of these guys have so that they're not just comparing themselves to you know North Knox or you know Vinsons or places like that they have to say okay. I might be good for around here, mm-hmm. but I'm not even close to being good for what for the state of indiana yeah um you and, know and i that's an that's an eye opener that you and I take for granted because we've we've done it since we were you know eight years old well you and, know and
2: and I think also a good point with that is throw out class sports i mean i th- I genuinely think that you guys are at this point with your program over there, and and we've obviously had a pretty good run of talent here the last couple of years. But I think our kids, both at Bar Eve and South Knox, like if we have a chance to play Evansville, Bossy, if we have a chance to play Wrights, if we have a chance to play Bloomington, South Carmel, Bedford, North Lawrence, our kids want to play those games. And if we don't Let's schedule do those games, if we don't schedule those games, our kids are going to be upset with us if they find out we had opportunities to do that. And so I think that's a good thing that, that our kids have built that mentality. Um, and, and obviously the, the most important component of that is you want to play a schedule that in March nobody in your sectional is as good as three or four of those teams that you've played uh, and you're prepared once you step on the floor with those teams. I mean, Fields won 36, 38
1: sectionals. I mean, we played our conference schedule mm-hmm. before Christmas. Played everybody in conference before Christmas. Yeah, and then after Christmas, buddy, you named it. We played them. You <laughs> oh, I mean, we we played them. Yeah. Um, and then when you walked into the sectional, you're like, wow. Like, I just saw pressure from Bloomington South, Bloomington North. You know, you know, Terre Haute South, Terre Haute North. You know, and now, no offense, you know, I'm seeing pressure from Clay City and WRV. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Let's let's go. Yeah. I mean.
2: Yeah, and like you said, uh, no disrespect to those schools, but I, I think one of the things that Bloomfield did a tremendous job of, and, and it's changed a little bit, and, and that's yeah, you know, no discredit to anybody um, at all, but you know, back when Ron was there, uh, you mentioned this, that that back half of the schedule, um, and, and of course that goes back to Coach Glover and Coach Brett doing the same things, but that back half of the schedule, there were very few 1A's, Um, there were, there were very few conference games. I think, you know, maybe you might have a North Davies in there toward the end of the year, maybe, Uh, you know, but you were playing a lot of schools that were way above, uh, as far as a a classification and, and most of the time a basketball, uh, physicality level than the teams that were going to be in your sectional. And I think that bred a lot of success over the years
1: the only 1A we had was Ligoti when mm-hmm. uh, we double weekend with Washington. Bill, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but every night. And, and that was good for a coaching staff as well because, you know, as you you and I growing up, you know, as, as young coaches, we had to scout hard every single night. Oh, yeah. I mean, every night we're breaking down film because, you know, it was, we knew,
2: coach didn't even have to
1: tell us. We knew we could lose that game, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. We knew if we weren't prepared, we could easily lose that game.
2: Yeah. And and that's one of the things that I wanted to touch on, too, David, with, with you and I, you know, coaching under Ron. And, you know, I I spend a lot of time, you know, preparing and watching film. And I know you do the same thing. And you do a great job of breaking down people and getting sets and, and the like. But, you know, it, it's almost, I don't know, it, it, it's almost where you become consumed with preparing your team. And I saw a quote from Bob Knight the other day, and it said the only thing that ever really concerned him in coaching was was not winning, was not losing. It was making sure that he had done everything possible to prepare his team for that game. And and once he had done that, he felt at ease. But that was the only thing that worried him. Just touch on, you know, the amount of preparation that you put in um, as far as getting, getting the Spartans ready to play a game.
1: Well, I mean, it's like I told you, I mean – We were, and I'm not trying to discredit anybody else, but to me, we were taught, and I'm like I said, I've been around Coach Izzo, Coach Majerus, all of them. But as far as breaking down film and preparing a team and a scouting report, we were around one of the most um, detailed guy there was. Mm -hmm. I mean, um do, from doing shot charts on every single player to you know you know whether you had to write in in a different ink whether it's against the zone or a man-to-man mm-hmm. you know every play i mean how many times you and i get told you know i don't want to come back with a note that says well how how good the popcorn was or how the cheerleaders look i mean yeah. it, we had to have every single detail and and that's what you carry over i mean when i'm scouting you know, I understand people want to come up and talk to you and other coaches, but, and I'm sure people think that sometimes I'm rude, but that's just that's the mentality he taught in us in the fact of, all right, you can't take one possession off here mm-hmm. because you might miss, you know, some special hand signal that somebody's doing, or um, you might miss, you know, just some little thing that, that the opposing team's giving away to give you that one advantage mm-hmm. that you need uh, to let to put your players in a position to succeed, and you know, um, I mean, I watch at least five of every guy re- every game recently, and I'd hate to know how many I watch on Linton. Yeah. before the sectional. Well, um, and, I, I just be honest there.
2: And, and to go back to a point that you made about how important, you know, a hand signal or, or a, a special situation may be uh, to getting your guys prepared, you know, I'm, I'm sure you talk to your team the same way I do in this aspect, is that, you know, no, there's no possession in a game of basketball that's really any more important than the other. Um, you know, a lot of games will come down to the last possession. But you could always, when you watch film, go back to a possession in the third quarter or at the end of the first quarter or in the middle of the second quarter that you drop the ball on or kids didn't play it the right way and that ends up getting you beat. It's not just the last possession of the game. And so you go back to when you're preparing your team, and I think this is important for people that are listening to this podcast that maybe aren't coaches. Um, when When coaches get you know, enthralled in the preparation, it's winning that possession in the second quarter that helps your team win. Um, Because, like, I remember Ron saying, you never want to go into a game and ever have a feeling of, man, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that my team is as prepared as they could be. Or you don't ever want to get in a situation in a game where the other team's called timeout with five seconds to go and they have the ball out underneath their basket. And obviously, you don't, have your kids prepared on how to cover that, or maybe you didn't go over an out-of-bounds play that you should have went over and walked through that you can't point to in that timeout and say, hey, I don't know exactly what play they're going to run, but they're probably going to run this type of action to get this guy in a situation. And and I think that's huge to put kids – I think kids love that from their coach when they know that they're getting that type of information.
1: Well, I mean, it's hard. You know – and I say it in my parent meeting every year, I'm not, I am going to be demanding on your kid. I'm going to make your kid do things that they do not want to do or they think they can't do, but I'm never going to put your kid in a position to fail. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one thing my uncle Jeff would beat my head all the time. Put the kid in a position to succeed, you know, So, I mean, and if you and I don't know what the opposing team's going to do or what they would like to do in that situation, how are we putting our guys in a position to succeed? We're not. Mm -hmm. We're doing them a disservice right now. You know what I mean? We're doing them a disservice in the fact of we're not doing our job to put them in a position to succeed because we don't know what that opposing team's strength or weakness is. And what they're going to try to lean toward in that, you know, crucial situation.
2: In that situation, yeah. And it's not just the head coach knowing that; it's the assistant coaches. And I know you've got really wow. good guys there, uh, really good guys there on the bench with you. And just talk, talk about your staff that you've got there at South Knox, because I, I think, you know, obviously our staff here at Bar Eve is really good, but I think your staff there at, at South Knox is one of the best in, in the entire state. So just talk about those guys real quick.
1: Well, I mean, my JV coach is Jim Ferris, uh, and you know, by the if you way, you want to talk
2: about it. By the way, I don't want to cut you off, but Jim Ferris is one heck of a basketball coach. But he is like salt of the earth, maybe one of the best human beings to ever walk the face of this earth. Like, there's, uh, there, like there, there, there's Jesus, and then right behind him is the Apostle Paul, and Jim Ferris is like a a two B. <laughs> he he
1: is he is known as the King of South Knox. So if <laughs> yeah. you yeah, if you walk in our practice, or if you walk around, you know, I I even said it in the parent You know, the king here, this is the king of South Knox. Yeah, I don't back him. Nobody back talks him because what he says goes in South Knox. Yeah. Um, but uh, great guy would right. do anything in the world for a South Knox basketball player. Yeah, i saw in a South Knox person. Yeah. Um, but uh runs my golf outing, uh, which is a huge fundraiser, uh, runs the IBA tournament that that's big for us. I mean mm-hmm. he is I mean he is I, I could not coach without Jim Ferr. Yeah. Bar none he is uh the things he does are so valuable to our program and the guys love him. Mm-hmm. I mean the guys love him. Yeah. And they, um, and they all
2: go through the program playing for him at the J V level.
1: Yep. Yep. Um so um then I've got Derek Osborne. Uh, Derek played um, for Mark and I at South Knox. Mm-hmm. Um, was just an average player, yeah. but uh, loves the game. He's become um, a very good coach. Has become a very good coach. Um, you know, we had a, a talented eighth grade group last year. Mm-hmm. I bumped him down to coach that group just so that terminology and and stuff, would they would be ready for this season. Mm-hmm. Um you know, won the Blue Chip Conference last year um, with that group. And it's, you know, first year really as a head coach. Um, did a phenomenal job. Um, you know, and he's, you know, he's my right hand man. Um, you know, he goes scouting with me everywhere. He, do, he does a tremendous job. Um, Levi Holster is the all time leading scorer, um, all time leading uh, field guy at South Knox. Very knowledgeable guy. He's on our staff. Mm-hmm. And then a guy that doesn't get much credit is rocky dryman um but you know Rocky played for sam uh won a sixville championship back um back in the seventies um and then also was joe patton's um assistant coach but uh he brings a wealth of knowledge as far as you know set plays and help scouting and stuff like that i mean rocky's been a great great uh aspect of our coaching staff
2: mm-hmm. and you know, you can't win. I just, I just don't think you can win without really good guys. And you know, I, I'll go back to Wood Memorial, and I ended up with a really good staff there at Wood Memorial. But early on, you know, that my first year or two there, I was just really kind of piecing things together. And then as we got more developed as a staff and added some guys like Kevin Minke, um, you know, it really helped Tim and I. Uh, who really got got things kind of started there at Wood Memorial when we added some guys, but then we also developed that, that comfort level with one another. And I know you and your staff, you guys really compliment each other. Well, well, David, before we finish up here, I want to talk about your team this year and I've got my scouting stuff out here. So I'm going to take notes off (laughs) each one of your guys. Um, But just talk to us a little bit. You don't have to be specific about each kid. Um, You can, if you want to, but, like I said, I, I, you're not sneaking up on me. I think you guys are going to be really good this year. Just talk, talk a little bit about the Spartans.
1: I mean, you can ask Tom Graham. Every time Tom calls me from the newspaper, he gets the same answer every single time that we're terrible. We're, I hope we win two games. And if we can guard my grandma, who's Rest her soul. She's in the grave right now. If we can guard her, we might be able to win a game or two. You might have a shot. Uh, yeah, might have, might have a chance. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we got some guys back. Um, you know, Dakota Candler. Um, you know, he's all conference last year, sophomore. He's back for us. Um, you know, we think he's got a chance to be all right. Um,
2: I, I you think know, and then uh, I think he's really good. And I think he finishes around the rim really well. <laughs>
1: Uh, he's he's all right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we've got Dylan Mater back as well. He's another junior. That um, started since his freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Robinson's a is a returning starter as well. Uh, Robinson's a senior this year. He'll play a guard spot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll, um, you know, we'll probably start two new ones this year. Um, you know, and Jackson Thomas. Uh, Played a lot of JV last year. Got some varsity minutes, but he's another junior. um, Athletic. um, Long. I think kid who's a freshman this year. Um, You know, if you would ask me back this summer, before we started summer, I told everybody there's no way he's not going to be ready. Um, He had a really good summer. A Mm -hmm. really good summer. Mm -hmm. Um, So, We'll see what he can do. But the biggest thing I'm excited about is, you know, I've got two guys that started for me for two years that are going to come off the bench that I really trust in Tristan Worth and, and Cody Dawson. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I had never really had a bench at South Knox. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, I got two guys for sure. And then Logan Fishers had a really good uh, start to the season as well. Um, he's another senior, so I'll, you know I'll bring three seniors off the bench that'll play a lot of minutes for us this year.
2: Yeah, and it's always great whenever you get that buy-in from kids that, especially that you know they're going to come in. You got some younger kids that are going to come in. They're going to play in front of those guys, but th- those older guys buying into that and saying, "Hey, you know th- this is going to make us better." And if I can be a star in my role coming off the bench, mm-hmm. we got a chance to be really good and do some special things. So that that's great to hear. Obviously, not great to hear for. Uh, teams in this area, but that's great to hear for south knox and you know I, I i think the world of you and i think uh the world of mark and and what he did in his time there at south knox um and, and you guys have definitely got that ship headed in the right direction and I think come march um you know it's going to be you and the miners and and it's it's going to be exciting up there in that sectional well david we're we're about out of time so we we finish things up here with a speed round so um I'm gonna have you give me the first thing that comes to your mind. If you want to expand on it a little bit, we're not limited to just one one minute. But we have some fun with this. But we also talk a little bit of basketball. Talk to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So make, make sure you ask the right question. Yeah. First, first question for you is who's your favorite college coach right now? Why?
1: Uh, Tom Izzo. Um, like I said earlier, uh, I love the, the amount of toughness. Uh, Michigan State plays with. I mm-hmm. have had discussions with them on, though. I think they are going too athletic and need to get some guys who can make shots yeah. so that they can get back to competing for a national championship.
2: Okay. Sideline attire. What's your go to? Suit and tie, polo, quarter zip, Bob Huggins look. What do you, what's David Burkett's favorite go to?
1: 100%. I'm suit every game. You know oh, that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, I, I knew I knew where that was going. I just wanted you to share with the, our listeners because I don't pocket know if I
1: – Pocket square, whole nine yards.
2: Yeah, you're, you're dressing to the nines. Um, all right, so your, your preference in scouting, would you rather scout somebody in person or scout them on film? 100%
1: live, 100%.
2: Okay, now when you're going and David Burkett's up in the stands and he's scouting the Vikings here at the big ship, What's what's your go-to at the concession stand at halftime? <laughs> whatever Oz brings me back because he's the one that's not going to miss a meal. <laughs> okay, so you're not going to the concession stand yourself. You're sending Oz to bring you back some, some corn and a Diet Coke or whatever he brings you back.
1: Yeah, I mean, Oz, Oz is going to taste test everything. So, I mean, we might have a little bit of anything, nacho, cheeseburger, you know, whatever. Whatever Oz, Oz is not missing any meal.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. Never miss an opportunity to drill somebody when you can. (laughs) Not that one. I can tell you that. Not Oz. Yep. All right. Hey, favorite professional sports, uh, not necessarily team, but NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. If I'm going to give you and Kelly tickets, where are you guys going?
1: Um. So, if you're giving me tickets, I want to go to the Boston Garden. I've uh, never been there. Uh, love to see a Celtics game. Uh, as you know, and everybody in South Knox, Larry Joe Bird is the greatest player <laughs> to ever play the game. Um, if anybody wants to fight me on it, I will have stats ready to go. So, hey, uh, But LJB, to me, is the greatest of all time.
2: Hey, now, I did say this is a speed round, but I got to stop this here. As you know, I coached at Springs Valley.
1: I know. Uh, and,
2: and and John Bowles, uh, who was my assistant at Vincent's, is now the head coach at Springs Valley. I gotta tell you this quick story. He said that he was in eighth grade basketball practice and they were talking about overcoming mistakes. And if you make a mistake to not put your head down, so on and so forth. And and he told the kids, he said, There's only been one man ever walked this earth that was perfect and never made a mistake. And does anybody know who that was? And he said, without missing a beat, this kid raised his hand, and he called on that kid, and the kid goes, Larry Bird.
1: <laughs> that, that, that kid, that kid, somebody better get this kid, like in the Guinness Book of World yeah. Records for being the smartest kid ever.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I He put that out on Twitter, and I, I died laughing whenever I saw it. All right,
1: that, so. That kid's intelligent.
2: So, it's not basketball season, hypothetically. It's not basketball Ooh. season, and you got an opportunity to take Kelly out for a night. Um, what restaurant you taking her to?
1: Uh, now Kelly is the foodie one, so she is probably deciding. Uh, uh-huh. She is a big Longhorn person um, uh, she likes in Longhorn. Bloomington. Okay, yeah, she's a big Longhorn person. She's a steak. Believe it or not, she's a steak girl. Um, so yeah, she's a big Longhorn person. But if I had to guess, we are going to Indianapolis because Indianapolis has better shopping malls. Josh, you got to oh, realize it, right?
2: There's no doubt about that.
1: I mean, actually, you saw me there for the state title where I was taking her shopping Yeah, while you were getting ready to go to the state championship. Yeah, so,
2: yeah, I saw you guys uh, out, and you guys, I think, were just coming back from dinner as as the team and I, we were going going to dinner. So yeah. you're going to Indy, and, and you're going to find a place up there so that you can get her close to the shopping malls. I see. I
1: yeah, see. she likes Maggiano's, Um So, oh, yeah, there's, there's definitely, she's got a list.
2: All right, last question. I'm sure, I'm sure that Kelly, uh, you know, wears the pants in the family. I know that. So when Ooh. when you're around the house, when you're around the house, and Kelly's having you do housework, what is your least favorite thing to do around the house that Kelly, that Kelly wants you to help her out with?
1: Uh, definitely scrub the bathtub.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a rough one. That's a rough one. Yeah, I don't mind 100%. to do. I don't mind to do dishes but I, I dislike it. I dislike it, but I do them. I do them to help out and I know you do it to help out around the house. So least favorite yeah. thing to do is scrub the bathtub. Well,
1: yeah, hundred hundred hundred, percent.
2: Well, David, um, it's like a lot of my conversations that I, that I have on here. Uh, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy talk talking to coaches, um, and, and people that do what we do in this business. Uh, I wish we had a lot more time to talk, but, uh, thanks for being on this morning, and best of luck to you and the Spartans. Except for two games, uh, when we play in the <laughs> Bobcat, and we play in the conference. I hope you, I hope you go twenty nine and two this year. Um, Are they going to uh,
1: make that official? Where we just play in the first round every year? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I
2: was over there, and I got my, I got my food, and and we ate, and they got ready to to draw it out. I don't know why I didn't just go up there and and write it on the board. Um, Yeah, I mean,
1: it happens every year.
2: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But looking forward to that, looking forward to watching your team grow this year. Um, Like I said, I think it's going to be a special year. And thanks for being on with us here this morning.
1: Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, Like I said, uh, you know, I love doing this, love catching up with you. Like I said, uh, we've done done a lot of stuff together throughout the years. And, and, uh, you know, I couldn't do it without my family. You know, like I said, Michael jess has been a big part of both of us. Yes, he um, has. You know, so, um, you know, appreciate everything everybody's done for you and I both as far as, you know, raising us in our coaching career. Hopefully we can make them proud.
2: Absolutely. Like you said, uh, owe a lot to your Uncle Jeff. And I remember, uh, being a second grader and, and, uh, you know, trying out for the au team and then, you know, going, uh, going to Anderson and, and, oh, and, yeah. and, and playing in the state tournament back when we were little kids. And I'll tell you, um, a, a real quick Jeff and Dievener story. Cause I know your uncle Jeff will probably listen to us talk a hundred percent, but I cannot get off this show without telling this. And I'm trying to figure out how I can say this politically correct, but you uh, talk, you about, you, you talk, <laughs> you talk right. about how coaching is different today than it was when we grew up. And I, I truly do. I still think it's special and, and I love what we get to do, but man, I remember being in the fourth grade and your Uncle Jeff coaching us and us being over at Sullivan, and we were playing Sullivan. Uh And we were up. I'm sure it wasn't this much, but it seemed like 20 at halftime. And anyway, Sullivan pressed us in the second half, and we turned it over and ended up losing a nail-biter. And... I swear, and he may deny this, but I swear. In the locker room after the game, he wasn't throwing stuff or anything. He just looked at us, and he said, "Boys, uh, I'll say this politically correct." He said, "They just cut your manhood off and served it to you on a silver platter." <laughs> and I'm sitting around there, and I, I'm, I'm in the fourth grade, and I'm kind of, I'm trying not to snicker, trying not to laugh. But I, I look back on that and think. He told us that in the fourth grade, and it was true. There was nothing that was not true about what he said. But I just love it now looking back and thinking, man, I had a coach tell me that in the fourth grade.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, I'm telling you, I loved it because I was his manager since I was a third grader. And so, I mean, I was there for the Shane Miller team and everything. But, yeah, yeah, uh, some of my greatest memories growing up is, is, you know, being with him in the morning practices, you know, Six thirty in the morning in the old gym, you uh-huh. know, watching yeah. watch doing bust Shane Miller. I mean, he was all. He, Shane Miller got it every single day from Marcus. Yeah, it was
2: ridiculous. That's fantastic. That's fa- greatest player in Bloomfield history, and your and your yeah. uncle was on him every single day. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. And 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 I'll tell tell this one real quick, uh, too. And I know. Uh, I'm running short on time, but I, I, I don't want to get off here because I told my coaches this the other day, this Jeff and story. So I was in the sixth grade, and your Uncle Jeff was coaching eighth grade, and he didn't have enough eighth graders to go five on five. So he brought Nathan, Todd, and I into eighth grade practice. kind Of course,
1: because you guys were always with
2: him. Yeah, kind of as managers um, to help out with the team, but also – to, to practice. And we were at an 11 man drill. And I won't bring up this guy's name, but he was an eighth grader playing for Jeff. And I think he'd played for Jeff seven years and had been held back six times or whatever. Newbie? Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't, wasn't Brian, but th- this guy wasn't the sharpest basketball IQ guy. And we were at an 11 man drill. And somebody passed it to me on the wing. And I gave this guy a shot fake. And this guy went up and changed the light bulbs in Glover Jim. And then I went around him and laid it in. And so Jeff stopped practicing. he said, listen, you got to be disciplined on your clothes out, and you can't be flying by guys on the wing and so on. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, this guy thinks when I catch it, because Jeff, Jeff says, all right, let's go again, and same guys, same way. So I'm thinking, now this guy thinks because I gave him a shot fake last time that I'm actually going to catch it and try to shoot it this time, and so he's just going to stuff me here on the wing. So I caught it, gave this guy a shot fake. He did the same exact thing, same exact thing, and I drove by him and laid it in. And I'll never forget. Jeff never stopped practice to ever talk to that kid ever again because he knew it was a lost cause. And I just remember <laughs> Jeff shaking his head over there like, I cannot believe that I wasted 45 seconds of my time trying to get yep. that kid to be disciplined on a on a closeout. But now, uh, definitely good times with with him growing up and and being in the gym with Jeff and. And uh, oh, was yeah. a big, big part of both of our lives um, growing up as basketball players and then now as coaches. So, well, David, oh, hey, yeah, sure. you have a great rest of your day. Run that business. Make all those millions that you're making and, and coach the Spartans yeah. up, buddy.
1: All right, I'll do my best. You do the same.
2: All right, we'll see you, David. See you. You've been listening to Checking It. From the cheap seats with Coach Josh Thompson and this past week's guest, David Burkitt. We appreciate David's time. Tune in next week as we talk to another great head coach. We'll see you back here. Checking up from the cheap seats.